Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, February the 17th, 2021, and we're continuing our study of the big book in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 37, the fourth paragraph, our behavior is absurd. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Patricia C., 12 Traditions, Deborah M., and readers of the text, Carmela G. and Lisa B. The share ID for Tuesday, February the 16th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 16413, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 16414. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Patricia C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. Thank you for letting me serve. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia C. And Deborah M. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning, the 12 traditions. Deborah M. from Baltimore. One, our common welfare should come first, 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsively overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group might uh, never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, O-Readers Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Deborah M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we're in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 37, the fourth paragraph, Our Behavior is Absurd. Carmela G., could you get us started, please? Thank you so much, Lynn. Our behavior is as absurd and incomprehensible with respect to the first drink as that of an individual with a passion, say, for jaywalking. He gets a thrill out of skipping in front of fast-moving vehicles. He enjoys himself for a few years in spite of friendly warnings. Up to this point, you would label him as a foolish chap having queer ideas of fun. Luck, then, 
deserts him, and he is slightly injured several times in succession. You would expect him, if he were normal, to cut it out. Presently, he is hit again, and this time has a fractured skull. Within a week after leaving the hospital, a fast-moving trolley trolley car breaks his arm. He tells you he has decided to stop jaywalking for good. But in a few weeks, he breaks both legs. It's interesting that I should read this paragraph this morning um, because when I entered program and I began working the steps, I thought this story was absolutely absurd. Who would run in front of cars and get a thrill? And I just did it because I heard the saying, act as if in the rooms. And so I was acting as if, and I was walking along the program, doing what I was supposed to because I was desperate. And the reality was, it was a good, I was living in the steps, and it was a good six months or so when I was even still, I was sponsoring, and I had a call from a young person who was just entering program, and she asked me to describe the jaywalker to her, what I thought about the jaywalker, and that was what her sponsor's assignment was, to contact a recovered person and speak about the jaywalker. It was only then that the reality hit that Carmela was the jaywalker for over six decades. Every single Monday, she would run in front of the car because she thought she could do it. And she would get hit and she would get knocked down again and again because she never surrendered to a power greater than herself for help. The food was forcing her, owning her, and having her run. And every time, every night before, she would say on a Sunday night, no, this, this week I got to eat everything out of that fridge, and this week I'm going to do it. I promise you, my loved ones used to beg, please, it's so unhealthy, you're getting so big. No, no, don't worry. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to do it. I promise. And I genuinely meant it. But the reality was I couldn't do it. I was powerless and I needed a power greater than myself. So today I no longer am powerless because my source of power once I connect daily, fills me with the love and strength to get through the day. And that is how I proceed, not on Carmela's will, but on what the direction is that I am getting from my higher power, and that is surrender, and that is a gift. And with that, I will pass and wish you all a beautiful day in the sunlight of the spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. 
The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Danielle Old, New York. Reba T. Maria S. Liz E. UK. Bonnie B. Maria S. Anna P. Okay, let me tell you who I got, please. I have Danielle O. Reva P. Maria S. Liz E. Ann P. And I believe the last name I heard was Danya. So that's our lineup to start with. Danielle O., could you lead us off, please? Good morning, and thank. Good morning, and thank you, everyone. My name is Danielle O. from Northern New York. Grateful to be absent. And grateful to be here this morning. Danielle, can you press star one? We lost you, please. Sorry about that, everyone. Hi, my name is Danielle Compulsive Eagles from Northern New York. When I first came into OA in 2008, I was desperate, I was hurting, and I knew that if I hadn't changed and done something different, I, I was going to be facing some pretty serious health issues. Found out I was uh, type 2 diabetic eight years prior, 10 years prior, and I did very little to change my eating habits. Uh, my disease was getting worse and worse. And when I came into OA, things cleared up, things were good, stayed abstinent for a period of time, and the thought came back was, you know, let me just see if I can handle this. And I decided that I was going to experiment, and I went out and did some research, and did a lot of eating, and did a lot of uh, eating of foods that were not going to help, but hurt. And what was crazy about that was, I went to the doctor, I still went and checked on blood sugar levels, and they were normal. They had been normal for a period of time, and they were normal. And in my mind, I said, see, I can do it. I can still go out and eat the way I want to, and it not affect my my health. And that sat in my head, and it scared me, but not until I spiritually became bankrupt. And that was when I started to say, I can't keep doing this. So, you know, there's the secondary diseases as a result of being a compulsive overeater, but there's also the spiritual. And I think I was that jaywalker in the sense that I kept thinking I could, I could handle the next thing. I could handle the next thing. You see, the doctor said, this is, this is, uh, you know, it didn't change. The numbers didn't change. And, and, and here I was going, wow, you know, I was scared out of my mind for years. And it wasn't fear that kept me uh, abstinent after a while. It was a higher power, but somewhere in there, that disease crept back in. And grateful to be abstinent 31 days and seeing the light of God again. And, you know, I am just so grateful that I came to this meeting and I'm doing the steps and getting through them with a great sponsor. And I am just so thankful. I just wanted to share that because I, I could relate so well this morning. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, Danielle O. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Maria S. Good morning, Reva. 
Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. My behavior was and could still be as absurd and incomprehensible as this jaywalker. And I loved this story when I first came in because I so related and I continue to relate. And it says, it's incomprehensible with respect to the first drink. I take the first bite abstinent. So the problem, the biggest problem is in my mind. And that word absurd, um, I now look things up um, since joining this group. So wildly unreasonable, illogical, inappropriate. Yeah, that is me with respect to my drug of choice, my foods and behaviors. Um, and I love how it describes the progression. You know, at first there was like a thrill. Oh my God, I'm getting away with this. Um, you know, I can sneak and do this and eat this and um, practice bulimia and nobody knows. Wow, what a great idea. So at first it's a sort of a thrill. Then there's consequences. And you know, he breaks this and breaks that and hits his head and I start having um, health consequences. Um, but I do it anyway. Um, so then it's not such a thrill. Then it's not so fun anymore, um, but I still do it. And I love how it says, he decides. You know, Monday morning, I decide, I'm not going to do this today. Tuesday morning, I decide. You know, one hour later, I decide. It does nothing. It does nothing. The deciding, the next paragraph, he promises. It's all I, 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 I. So um, this reminds me that no matter what the consequences, no matter what, I will pick up. Step one, I will eat, I will eat, I will pick up, I will pick up unless I access power. And the only way to access that power is to put down the food and work the steps. Um, and you know, this applies to food and I am humble to say this applies to a lot of other behaviors in abstinence, in recovery. I can still pick up insane behaviors and jaywalk. Um, and that's why for me it's so vital to continue the step 10 to remove my blocks and access that power because I'll never forget you know, how many times did I like sleepwalk to the fridge, do the same thing over and over until I came in put the food down, started working the steps, and it was the grace of God. It wasn't me. It wasn't my decision. It wasn't trying harder. It was only the grace of God that I got the second thought and said, walk away. Um, and I need to continue to do that every 24 hours to recharge this battery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Maria S., it's your turn, followed by Liz E. Welcome, Maria. Okay, I may have gotten that name wrong, so let's move on to Liz E, followed by Anna P. Good morning. Liz E for Elegant from the UK. Thank you very much to everybody doing service here today. Um, this is just amazing. Um, it's only now that I really understand that I was absurd and incomprehensible 
because of course I thought that my relationship and the way of doing my life was exact was that was normal and that everyone else had it wrong um, and it's only by studying these words and paragraphs of this amazing book that I get to understand that I can change and but this is a disease of my mind and that these things that I have done because this book is just a mirror of what I do and it's just um, the crazy things and I'm also an incredibly slow learner and so I need to hear it again and again and again and that's what the beauty of particularly vision for you I just find so amazing so any newcomers on the line just listen and listen and listen. It really helps. Um, it certainly helped me. And I did these mad things. How did I ever think that any of it was ever sensible? But I did for decades. And so I only have um, abstinence today. And I'm really um, thrilled about that. But I, this paragraph reminds me of the madness and I'm now beginning to see how I need to have this abstinent behavior in all parts of my life and the beautiful thing about realizing that fear blocks me and I now am able to feel because I'm not taking my drug of choice and burying that icky feeling I have in my stomach and I have one currently, so I know that I have to, after this meeting, pick up the phone and process a fear because I can now feel that today. Um, but of course, I came up with all sorts of mad ideas and um, I would produce enormous quantities of food and I would joke with people that we're not on rations and I would kind of try and ridicule people to believe that this was the way to do it. And of course, people just felt over full. And um, I, met, I tried to get everyone else to join in my gluttony with me because I had to normalize my behavior. And for me, it was about foods and it was about the volume of food. And I didn't, and I was getting larger and larger and larger and larger. And of course, I was you know, just getting iller and iller. And I was on the verge of becoming diabetic. But today, I have tools, I have connections with amazing fellows, an amazing sponsor. And I am just so relieved that this paragraph here I'm is just good. amazing. So thank you, and I will pass. Thank you, Lizzie. Anna P., it's your turn, followed by Dania. Good morning, Anna. Press star one to unmute. Okay. Maybe Dana, Dana. P. Was Dana, it Dana P? okay. Sure, why not? Yeah. Oh, hi. Good morning, Dana P. here in California. Um, yeah, I love this chapter. You know, when I when I first read it, um, I I really related to the Jaywalker as absurd as it as it is. Um, and what comes to me is, 
you know, the rules didn't apply to me. Um, rules don't apply to me. You know, and somehow I, I look at my character defect as superiority. Uh, and, uh, and that's the reason why I can do what I do. Um, the a large part of my disease is the bulimia. And someone did mention about that, how, you know, I don't have to, um, I don't have to face the consequences because I, I've never been obese. And so what shows up for me is I do it in secret and nobody knows, um, the vast quantities of food, the insane behavior, um, with exercising, running in the middle of the night, and the consequences of that are are pretty severe. You know, a lot lot of um, problems with my teeth over the years, and all the time denying that it was a result of of uh, vomiting, uh, running in the middle of the night, and falling on my face, and ending up in the emergency room. Multiple multiple stories about that, and um, you know, and and I would always share with people all the all the really awesome things that I did, uh, jumping out of airplanes, swimming with sharks, and this sort of danger behavior. So when I read um, the story about the jaywalker, I was like, yeah, that's me. That's me. You know, I would run out in the street because it wasn't going to happen to me. And even the fact of it happening to me uh, when it finally did uh, also kind of made me special. I felt pretty special about about um, being injured, about being um it finally catching up to me that um, somehow that made me not not like everyone else. And the truth of the matter is, is that I'm just like everybody else. I'm just like this jaywalker. I'm just like um, a person who is heavy. It's all about my my character defects and uh, how they show up in my life. And boy, does it show up for this jaywalker who's just like me, uh, running in traffic. You know how insane is that? Well, as insane as I am. So thank you so much, and I'll pass. Thank you, Dana P. And I'm just checking to see if I did hear a Dania or a Maria S. Hi, Lynn. Yeah, this is Maria S. Can you hear me now, Lynn? Yes, we can. Good Uh, morning, Maria. Please go ahead. Great. Good morning. Thanks, Lynn. My name is Maria S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. In Ireland, yeah, and just um, lost my page. Yeah, just you know, to someone I I think you know who doesn't get a thrill from jaywalking, the behaviour, you know, of walking out was absolutely crazy and absurd, and as as this paragraph says, incomprehensible. Yet, you know, he's a passion for doing this, and I had exactly the same passion as the jaywalker had, except my passion was for food, you know. Loved food, loved cooking food, baking, you know, buying the food, going out to eat the food. And it was my passion. Um, and I did everything to justify and rationalize and, you know, bargain with the food. And am I eating? And, and my alcoholic life, it looked like a normal one. It was what I knew. It looked normal to me. Um, and I couldn't look at the food with objection. You know, the same way he couldn't um, look at walking out in front of moving cars with objection. Um and, you know, like the, the first speaker, when I first read uh, the big book and read the story of the Jay Walker, I thought it was a little bit extreme. You know, I thought, well, I'm not walking out in front of moving cars, you know, it's just food. Um, and I wasn't, you know, dicing death with, uh, on the road, you know, and yet that's exactly what I was doing with my food every day. And thinking, you know, this time it would be different. Um, 
Yeah, and, and the craziness of, of the food, you know, the insanity of, of, of what I was doing with the food. And and um, and knowing today, you know, this disease that compels all logic, because logic would tell me that what I was doing was crazy. Yet, you know, I can't, I can't, a sick mind can't treat a sick mind, you know. Um, and I didn't want to be eating the way that I was eating, you know. Um, and I, I, I know today that I was eating for this you know, the, which and nothing else except the food gave me the same way that the Jay Walker was dicing the road. You know, he was looking for the thrill. Um, and thank God that today I know what my problem is, you know, that I'm powerless over food. Um, I have the physical allergy and a mental obsession and ingesting my alcoholic food or the ingredients in any form at all, you know, is similar to the madness of the Jay Walker. And, and the paragraph, it just... It, it, about the progression. Maria, oh, we keep losing you. Um, oh, sorry. Can Okay, can you hear me now, Lynn? Yeah, but you keep going in and out. Okay. Oh, okay, I'll pass, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry about that. Okay, for those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later, we are continuing our study in the chapter more about <clears throat> alcoholism on page 37, the fourth paragraph. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, Please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Chuck K. Melissa G. Susan P. Okay, let me tell you who I did hear. I heard Chuck K. Nessa R. Melissa R., perhaps, and a Susan. Did I miss anybody? Tenton P. Okay. Anyone else? Dawn S. Okay. Let me tell you who I have in our lineup then. We have Chuck K., Nessa R., Melissa R., Susan, Tenton P., and Dawn S. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning. I had to get unmuted. I love it when I can jump ahead in the line. This is Chuck from Georgia, and I'm glad to be here. And I like this story because it sounds like a fantastical story. And I'm thinking about these 100 people and Bill Wilson writing this book. They've told us what we are. They've given us an example of how we live our lives so that we can identify. They've told us there is a solution. Now they're trying to get our attention. And I'm always thinking about why these four stories in this chapter? Why did they pick these four stories? And I think this story in particular, they're trying to get to a crazy, insane person's mind. And sometimes the only way to do that is with like a jolt, like a crazy story where it gets your attention. And you look at it on its face, and it's like, I'm nothing like that, particularly when you're a compulsive overeater. You're not even an alcoholic. You're like, I don't act that way. 
But then when you really look at it and when you start getting honest with yourself, you're doing the same thing. You're killing yourself. And that's reinforced in Bill's story. You know, we, we hear about Bill kind of looking his nose down about the stockbrokers jumping out of the out of the skyscrapers when the stock market crashes. But he can't see himself killing himself. He can't see the damage that he's doing. And I think that's very interesting. And I'm happy that they had the intelligence or the God-given intellect or whatever it was they had to put together a book so that I could come back decades later, read it, comprehend it, understand it, and say, hey, wait a minute, I think this applies to me. So thanks for letting me share, and I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you, Chuck K. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Melissa R. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning. Vision for you. This is Nessa R., recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I want to actually continue that train of thought that Chuck started because, um, to me, the um, story of the jaywalker is a glimpse to how others look at me. So it's not looking at the jaywalker from the inside, but looking at the jaywalker from the outside. You know, how absurd um, the idea or the story of the jaywalker seems to me is how absurd my behavior looks to those around me. You know, um, I got married at 112 pounds. Within a year, I was nearing 200 pounds. A few years later, we had children, and I would say, you know, like, my children are the most important thing to me, and yet I was killing myself with food, and my husband would tell me, how, how can you say this? How can you say your children are the most important thing to you if the way you're going, you may not even, God forbid, be there for them? Like, you could have a heart attack the way, you know, the way you're going. And, you know, it didn't make sense to him. I didn't make sense to my loved ones who kept telling me, please stop, please stop. And, you know, as incomprehensible was the fact that, you know, they knew, they knew that I wanted to stop. They knew that I wasn't happy the way I was going, and yet I didn't. And it was so absurd and incomprehensible to them as, as a jaywalker is to me. You know, the problem or the issue is that they they could only see um, what the food was doing to me, while on my side, I could only see what the food was doing for me. You know, that temporary relief, that temporary stress, um, you know, uh, 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 sorry, temporary relief from the stress, uh, escape from the stress of life not going my way, things not being the way I wanted. Um, and the most incomprehensible thing uh, that wasn't going my way was my weight. I didn't want to be fat. I wanted to be thin, but I also wanted to eat all the cheesecake I wanted to eat, you know, and the two of them were mutually exclusive, um, you know, for me. And, um, you know, this is an, an eye-opener. It's kind of like reading to the wives, you know, when I read to the wives, I see, you know, how my family looked at me, how my family, you know, felt given what I was doing. And this is something um, that the Jaywalker also helped me see. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. 
Melissa R., it's your turn, followed by Susan. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Um, it's actually Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, thank you, though, for hearing me anyway. Um, yeah, so I remember when I first heard this story, and I thought it was ludicrous. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. Why are they talking about this? Until the day that it was no longer ludicrous, right? So I... Um, you know, so many times I lost the weight, um, gained the weight. And just as the person before me said, like, this is what it must have looked like to the people on the outside. To me, it was normal. To me, this is just what I did. And it wasn't that I didn't think of consequences. It wasn't that I didn't understand that I was hurting myself. It was that I didn't care. I honestly did not care. This is just you know what, I'm just going to have to buy another wardrobe and I'm going to have to, you know, um, start going to the doctor more because I'm not feeling well. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, this has now become one of the most relatable stories for me in the book where in the beginning I could not see myself in it at all. Um, but it's just, it is just insanity when you're in the disease and that is what seems normal. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm grateful that today that doesn't seem normal to me. Today it doesn't seem like I care when I, when I think about taking that first compulsive bite. I actually care and I can say, nope, I, I don't want to go down that road again. And, um, you know, it's only because of my higher power. I always walked around thinking I had this great relationship. Um, but recently it's just been elevated to a different level where I see the love that, you know, God has for me and that I'm here to love others. And I'm just, I'm so grateful every day. Um, so thanks for hearing me and I hope everyone has a great day. Bye. Thank you, Melissa G. Susan, it's your turn followed by Tenzin P. And could we have the initial of your last name, please, Susan? Yes, thank you. My name is Susan A. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, I really related to Carmela and other people's shares here uh, where when I first read this page and about the jaywalker, I said, this is crazy. It's ridiculous. How could they put that in the book? And then, um, you know, only to learn and realize that absurdity can be used to make a point. Um, and my form of jaywalking has been to try to get away with overeating and not gaining weight by compulsive exercising. I would exercise to the point of hurting myself. And one example was uh, after the birth of my first child, I got I went back to playing tennis too soon, uh, way too soon. And I twisted my ankle and ended up with a dead bone underneath my big toe, which I lived on. I, I took that pain for nine years and it never went away. Finally had to have surgery. So that was one example. Another one is um, that one of my sponsors taught me that when we're not abstinent, we're not centered in our body. And this was true of me on December 4th, 2014. I was walking up 
a wooden wooden stairs up to my house with one hand holding a venti Starbucks with milk and the other holding my cell phone as I talk to my sponsor. Due to the black ice on the stairs, I slipped and fell backwards, slamming the side of my head flat onto a wooden railing connected to the stairs. This resulted in a concussion, and now I have short-term memory loss, which does affect my life every day. And these are just two of the many abuses I've done to my body while active in the disease. And um, th- when I when I slammed my head on the railing, that was my bottom. So hitting hitting my top was my bottom, <laughs> um, which is it's not funny. Um, so anyway, God has given me the gift of learn. Right after that, God gave me the gift of learning about vision, and it's been it vision is a very different process of recovery than I had practiced for the prior 20 years. I'm so grateful for this recovery path through the steps that really works. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Susan A. Tenzin P., it's your turn, followed by Don S. Good morning, Tenzin. Oh, good morning, everyone. It's it's so um, sobering. Uh, let's say, sobering and moving to hear uh, the shares today and this reading. And, um, you know, it, this was a paragraph that also seemed very uh, outlandish to me for, for many readings. But the more time, th- thank you, God, that I have neutrality with the food, that I have abstinence, that um, this recovery as we practice it is at the center of my life because it it means that i'm not i'm not doing these outlandish behaviors that i did but but this paragraph for me is really about uh the first step and it's it's so good to be reminded and um so it gives me healthy fear as well as compassion for myself and everyone who's shared and my version of uh the craziness well just compulsive overeating is is like the jaywalker that's what's going to kill me in whatever form that takes but for me i went out in the middle of the night in dangerous neighborhoods to get food endangering myself and then there was stealing was also uh, in many ways a part of uh, my addictive, uh, my eating behaviors, my addictive eating behaviors. And there was a time uh, that I was living in a community situation. Um, and so there was a community refrigerator and someone had uh, purchased a frozen dessert that was uh, something that I ate a lot of. And I used to go into the kitchen and steal, uh, eat out of that package that wasn't mine. And when the person realized that someone was stealing her food, she she talked to me. She asked me, did I, uh, did I do it? No, I didn't do it. And she threatened me physically 
if she ever saw that I was doing it. And I still went into the community kitchen not knowing when that person would come in and potentially, you know, beat me up. And I would, you know, I could feel the fear and I would do it anyway. And so things like this that were against my values and uh, against my physical safety as well as the care for, other, as well as against the care for other people were part of my addiction. So thank you very much for listening. And I'm so grateful for our recovery and all that we do. Thank you again. Thank you, Tenzin P. Dawn S., it's your turn. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Dawn S. And the paragraph um, about the jaywalker, um, I identified um, immediately with the jaywalker, and um, I didn't think that he was um, brave enough. <laughs> I like to push things to the limit. I'm going, oh, you only did that? Um, because I'm a thrill seeker, and I, too, would go out um, uh, exercising or uh, uh, buying things um, in uh, in the dark of night and in sketchy places, and I had no thought for myself. Um, and I uh, have been um, anorexic and bulimic because I'm 100 years old before they even called it bulimia, and um, and uh, I, and also I have been up to 300 pounds. So I've been from like 100 pounds to 300 pounds in my adult life. Um, but thank God I found um, the program, and I had one of these wonderful, um, unusual lightning strike spiritual experiences. And for several years, um, I had freedom. I, um, I lost a, a great deal of weight, 150 pounds. And um, then I was put on um, some medication um, where I immediately gained uh, a great deal of weight. Um, and the medication was really bad for me. Um, but I had gained so much weight that I had so much anger and resentment that I completely went off program um, uh, and justified that 300 different ways. Um, and now I um, have come back and uh, and I have tried on my own for the past year um, to to, to come back and and as someone said and I'm I'm horrible with names, um, you know, on Monday or this afternoon or because I I learned that I don't have to start a diet on Monday, um, I can do start it right now today, you know, or uh, at dinner, you know, if I if I busted lunch, I can start, you know, then, um, but. Um, Exactly a month ago, my father died, um, and I do not want to numb out to this experience. Um, I need to feel um, the pain and the joy and the uh, uh, 
mm. you know, the sorrow um, and the good times. And I, uh, you know, my numb out is is the food. Um, but I know. Uh, I'm Okay, um, but the universe can do for me what I cannot do for myself, and thank you so much. Thank you, Don S. We have time for three more shares. Who would like that time? Mike M. Jen A. Blanca B. G. Okay, sorry, who was the last name, please? Is that Blanca BG? Blanca, perfect. Our lineup then, we have Mike M, Jen A, and Blanca. Mike, please go ahead. Hi, this is Mike M from Dallas. And there's a fifth story that was left out of this book, and it's the story of Mike M. I'm going to tell you my story very quickly and how it relates to this. For 54 years of my life, I kept thinking that I was okay because I would go to my doctor's appointments. I was taking all my medications. I was taking all my supplements, and I was escaping danger. Um, But two years ago, I went and I had to have a stress test. Turned out that I had 85% blockage in my widow maker, and I had a stent put into my heart at at 54 years old. So that's enough to change my ways, right? Yeah, it did for a year. The fear held me for a year. The white knuckling held me for a year. But even in that insanity, I went back and I lost my abstinence and for a year was in relapse. That same week that that happened to me, my sister's brother-in-law, had 75% blockage in the same artery and died of a massive heart attack. It's not the fear that's going to do anything for me. That is clearly played out in my life. It is only surrendering my control and my insanity that I think that I've got it this time to my higher power. I'm thankful for this group, and I just ask that you all keep coming back and keep sharing your experience. It gives me life and it gives others life. I pass. Thank you, Mike M. Jen A., it's your turn, followed by Blanca. Good morning, Jen. Hi, Lynn. Good morning to you as well. Uh, My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive uh, overeater here in Colorado. Grace by God's mercy today. Thank you, Lord. Behavior. Wow, I got a lot of behaviors, um, and they are absurd, and they are incomprehensible, and I seek a thrill. And, you know, I love how he says, having queer ideas of fun. Um, You know, the food didn't do it for me after a while. Um, That, you know, seven seconds of pleasure that they talk about, that bite, and it just lasts for, oh, only such a short time. Um, But I can identify with this Jay Walker going back out again and again because I did the same thing, but I did it a little bit differently. Um, I I, uh, would go into the gym for hours on hours. Um, I would shoot myself up with needles and inject myself, and then I would um, restrict. I'd eat maybe about 500 calories a day, and I I sought an effect after that. That was the thrill. 
you know, there was a, a long-lasting thrill with that, better than the food for me. And that was something that I could control. The food wore off, but this was really good. And I could get on that treadmill for hours, and then I could go back to the gym at the end of the day and get back on again. And on top of that, um, the working out, the lifting weights, um, you know, all the stuff that I did to my body, the excessive amounts of exercise, that kept going because I would wake up the next morning and I could barely sit down on the toilet seat without, you know, holding onto the walls um, because I was in so much pain. And I continued to seek a thrill and effect off of that pain. I'm a real junkie when it comes to this kind of stuff. And it is pretty foolish and it is pretty insane. And it's ridiculous, irrational. And you would think, like, where is your brain, Jennifer? In fact, um, you know, uh, doing this um, and, then, and then taking laxatives to try and get everything out, everything, every 500 ca uh, piece of calorie that I ate, you know, I would take those laxatives. And then I would have excessive diarrhea. And then I would get um, what they call... Um, Oh, God, now I can't even think of what they're called. Um, <laughs> I would get these sores on my butt, right? And um, it was terrible. And you know what? I went back to the gym with them. And I kept doing it over and over again, not only once, but twice. I came down with hemorrhoids twice on a, on a two-year period. It was crazy and insane, unable to comprehend. That's what this paragraph is telling me. So I'm just as crazy as the jaywalker. I'm jaywalking Jen, right? And so I'm so glad that they put this story in the book. I'm so glad that everybody tells their little version or how it affected them because that helps me. You guys help me to see just how crazy I am. The only thing that's normal today, Lynn, is the, the setting on my washing machine. I think that's about the only normal thing in my life. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Jen A. And Blanca B.G., it's your turn for a two-minute share. Good morning, Blanca. Good morning. Um, my name is uh, Blanca BG, and I'm calling from Orlando, Florida. Uh, oh, wow. Of course, all the shares, everyone that has shared this morning, um, that is my share. That is my story. I, um, But it's important to share. You know, as a result of carrying excess weight for so many years, I... I blew up my joints, you know, I've, I've had joint, uh, my right knee and hip have been replaced. I have the left hip and knee must be replaced. I too, uh, stayed a little bit of, someone mentioned staying just ahead of danger, but then I, I had a test that revealed that one of those tests that shows everything inside and my liver has been compromised now. So I am unfortunately, and, and not very happy to report. However, you know, if my experience and strength and hope can help someone else, this disease is relentless. Um, I don't know how compromised it is. I'll find that out with another test. But the, the story is I am also with the jaywalker. And uh, deep down inside knew uh, that it was going to catch up with me, knew that my destruction, destructive behavior uh, that I was um, – literally slowly slowly killing myself because this disease does kill one slowly um so i um i am the jaywalker but there is hope for me in in vision in the rooms of oa and that's why i never stopped coming back i want to live i want to get better i have grandchildren now and 
I I will um, I am determined to see them grow up for you know as many years as as I can. But um, yes, uh, a relentless disease and having the fear isn't enough. It takes more than that. It takes this program, and I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Blanca BG. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this morning's meeting, Wednesday, February the 17th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 16420. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Lisa B., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.